You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Michelle Anderson with Love Logical DNA Not Required, and I am very thankful and grateful that you are joining me this evening. I have a special guest tonight. I have Emily, and I'm going to let you pronounce your last name so I won't mess it up. Gaiman. Gaiman, yep. which I was not going to say that That's at all. Right. all. <laughs> I appreciate it. No problem. Emily and I both belong to a group, Grow From Your Overflow, mm-hmm. as well as we met through my web developer, Mary Allure. Yes. And Emily has a podcast, oh, I'm sorry, a radio show. A both, morning, actually. Both a morning yep. talk show. And her specialty is telling stories. Yep, absolutely. And because this month is Women's History Month, mm-hmm. when you think of history, you think of stories. Absolutely. So that's why I thought this would be a perfect way to kick off Women's History Month. I love it. Because so many people don't know the stories of their history, Mm -hmm. or they only know so few. Mm -hmm. So, Emily, tell them a little bit, how did you become a storyteller? Well, you know what? I kind of fell into storytelling, Mm -hmm. but I love it. Um, I was... I never thought that I would be a storytelling coach. Uh, I have actually an undergraduate in counseling. Okay. And so I thought I was going to be using counseling in a youth ministry type role. Mm-hmm. And that didn't exactly pan out the way I thought it was going to. I knew I always loved writing, though. Mm-hmm. So after I graduated my counseling degree, knew that I wasn't headed into full-time youth ministry or full-time professional counseling, <laughs> I pursued a Master of Arts in English. And then I met a company called Shattered Media Incorporated, and they are a strategic storytelling company. Started doing some writing for them and some editing for them. And they introduced me to the wonderful world of storytelling and stories. So it's really cool, though, because it's the perfect marriage of my counseling training and Mm -hmm. my English degree is storytelling. Stories are very personal, right? So I end up doing a lot of counseling type things when I hear people's stories and want to respect their stories as so personal, but then also make them shine through the power of the written word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, when you when you start your stories, are your stories more, they're geared toward whatever it is that your client mm-hmm. wants you to do? Mm-hmm. Do you ever do like fun stories? Yeah. Um, I was, I was working on a story today. I, I happened to meet a cashier at Walmart Mm -hmm. and you never know what you're going to get when you walk into the cashier line at Walmart, right? You never know what you're going to get when you walk into Walmart, Exactly, (laughs) especially after midnight. That's right. I try not to go after (laughs) midnight. (laughs) Um, so you never know what you're going to get. And, uh, 
this guy just made me laugh right off the bat. He mm-hmm. just cracked a silly little joke, and I was like, I was not expecting that. It made me smile. And so I, I'm starting to work on a story today of just, you know, what can you do to make someone else smile that's not expecting it? So those are kind of like fun stories that I like to work on. That's fun. I love to make people smile. I know you do. I do. I really do. It, it's like if you see someone and they're kind of looking down, you know, forlorn, the first thing that I try to do is find a way to make them smile or make them laugh because, of course, laughter is the best medicine. That's right. Those endorphins kick in. Yep. And whatever it is has got you down seems to just fade away. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit of a storyteller myself. I know. You're a great storyteller. <laughs> and I was listening to that intro to the podcast. I'm like, she, that – her voice is like so smooth and perfect. I'm like, oh, I want just, I don't even want to talk tonight. I just want to listen to Michelle. <laughs> you have a great voice. I don't voice. want to put you to sleep. No, not a putting, a putting at ease, not a putting yes. to sleep. Yes. I, you know, and the thing is, I truly enjoy doing this. I know you do. I do I because tell. I love people mm-hmm. and I love love. And Love Logical. Yeah. So those of you who are joining us, Love Logical, DNA not required. It's a celebration of the non-biological within you. The foster, adopted, blended, and extended. And the extended extends on to businesses because a good business treats their customers and their clients like family. You're absolutely right. Am I right? Yep. Emily actually was my first time being on a podcast. I went to um, do podcasts. What was the name of your podcast? Your Stories. Your Stories. So I went to do Your Stories, and she was my first interview after I had gone out of corporate America. Yeah, you jumped. I did the jump. I jumped with both feet. And <laughs> yep. And she said, I want you to share your story. And I've had so many people through the years trying to convince me to share my story. And I was nervous. Sure. I was so nervous, but I did it. Mm-hmm. I shared my story. You did. You did a great job. And I've listened to it a few times, and I truly enjoy it. Good. Give me some examples of stories that you've had on your show this year that just really, or within the past year, mm-hmm. that was so memorable Mm-hmm. that you've actually gone back to them to hear it again. There's one woman who um she is from South Africa. Okay. And so she has like this wonderful accent that mm-hmm. I could just listen to all day long. Mm-hmm. And um she has been through a lot in her life through uh her first husband had, had died. Oh wow. And her second husband was abusive. Mm-hmm. And um now she's in this wonderful marriage and uh, just to see her, you know, kind of go back and think about her story and really appreciate. Because So after the interview, she said to me, you know, I haven't told my story like that in full in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And she said it was it felt so good. And I can't do the South African accent, but she goes, it felt so good. <laughs> well, you almost sound a little Russian there. Little, but okay. Little, okay. It, was, it was a good <laughs> try. Good. Thank it was you, a good try. You. It was a good try. <laughs> She said, it just felt so good to share my story in in whole, in full, and see, like, the bigger picture of how God's hand had been in it all throughout the way. She goes, there's something just healing about that. And that just really encouraged me to keep telling stories, to keep sharing stories, because it's not only for other people to realize that we all have stories, Mm -hmm. but for the storyteller, the story owner— 
to say, I would love to tell my story and to, to go through that and see, you know, see the history, right? Yeah, see the history. My Love Logical listeners, I, I just really want to share that one of the things that I love to do is to sit down with an elderly person mm. and listen to them share the story of their life. Yes. And my parents are both gone on now. And I don't have that opportunity. My grandparents are gone. So I don't have the opportunity to sit down with my family mm -hmm. and hear the stories. And we didn't have Internet. We didn't have, you know, we weren't walking around with our cell phones. Right. We didn't have the ability to sit down and truly record the stories the right. way that people do now. Mm -hmm. If you have the opportunity Think of the stories. Think of what your what you did as a child, mm -hmm. what your grandparents, you know, did, what they told you about the family and yeah. things like that. I really think that we should share our stories. Absolutely. So what do you think about Women's History Month? We, we see it as Women's Story Month mm -hmm. and ask them to share their stories their grandparents' stories and any stories that they've heard with their children for the month of March. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, um, you can think about this in a couple different ways. Uh, storytelling isn't a new concept, right? right. Mm -hmm. History has been passed down throughout the ages through oral storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it's just the busyness of our lives now or maybe the invention of so many media things, technology, um, you know, starting at the, the radio and the newspaper back 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know what it is, but we've gotten away from that type of oral storytelling, oral history. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you're talking about. Yes. Telling stories. Yes. And then there's that quote that says, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the negative side of of the lack of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But the positive side of storytelling, um, our stories give each other hope, right? Our stories of the past give each other hope for the future. Yes. And I think that's huge. I mean, not only as a person who, like, I don't have kids, but I've got nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. And so not only can I say, like, hey, this is a thing that I did that I don't want you to do. Like, don't make the same mistakes I made. But also to see, to be able to say, like, this is something I am so excited about for the future. And to encourage them, like, this is what I did when I was your age that I loved doing, mm -hmm. you know. Or this is how God helped me through that part of my life. And he's going to help you through this part of your life too, right? Like, so there's two ways to look at it. You can say, learn from my story. Don't make the same mistakes I did make your own mistakes. Mm -hmm. Or also, here's how God has been so faithful to me and and know that he's going to be faithful to you in the future. And that's that hope that that we can kind of pass on through our stories as well. I know um right before my father passed, one of the things that I did was I told him stories of what made me feel as if he was a great dad. Mm. And I literally shared memories that I had not thought of for years. Mm -hmm. And at one point in my life, I believe I was around 35, I had found these, these beautiful memo cards. And they had just different scenes on them from like from the past. And I would buy one that would remind me 
of something similar. And I literally would write my memory Mm -hmm. for my father and I'd mail it to him because at the time I was living in Evansville, Indiana. Mm. So I would mail it to him. So he would get these cards with the memory. And then I shared the stories with him. And now that I'm saying this, I realize I have to share some of these stories with my kids. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. I really think that it's important that we share stories. And with you being a storyteller, Mm -hmm. you know, that just, I don't know. It it made me think that it's got to be interesting to help so many people share their story. Mm-hmm. It's so fun because everybody has a story. Yes. And I hear so so often, you know, I'll say I'm a storytelling coach and some people will say, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, what do you do? The other people, a lot of people say, wow, storytelling coach is awesome, but I don't have a story. And I, I want everyone has a story. I know. I want to grab them. I want to <laughs> grab them by the shoulders and shake them a little bit and say, "No, everybody has a story. If you are alive and breathing, you have a story. You have a story. That's and the only requirements. Some, some more mysterious than others. Yep. Some more scarier than others. Yep. And some more exciting than others. That's right. Yep. But our brains are all wired for stories mm-hmm. to hear stories. Um, honestly, our brains will stop everything except for like breathing, because that's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our brains will stop everything when we hear a story to listen to that story. It Our brains process stories differently than they process facts and data, mm-hmm. right? You remember a story better than you remember a list of facts. Yes, that is true. Right? That is true. And not only that, but you have, um, you create, stories create a bond between the storyteller and the story listener, because of our brains. Mm-hmm. There's a chemical called oxytocin, and it is found in the blood. It's a blood hormone. That's what makes us feel close to other people. It's usually involved when you give someone a handshake or a high five or a hug, right? Mm-hmm. And that oxytocin is also found in the blood when you're hearing a story. So you don't even have to be in the same room as a person whose story you're listening to to then actually feel closer to that person because of the way our brains are made. So, yeah, storytelling is, I mean, we're all wired for it. Our brains are created to hear stories. You know, when, when, we were, when, when I was younger, I know you're a lot younger than I am. <laughs> when I was younger, going to the library to listen to stories being told mm-hmm. was something that we did on a regular basis. Yep. And there was a children's museum, which is now, I believe, the Jewish Museum downtown, mm-hmm. in well, Midtown. Mm-hmm. And we would go there to hear the African storytellers. Mm. And, you know, they would have the book Mm -hmm. and you'd have symbols, Mm -hmm. you'd have the drum, you'd have so much that would go into the story and the different voices and, you know, acting it out. And I think that's part of why I have a desire for the spoken word. Yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. I love poetry mm-hmm. and spoken word, but spoken word, you, you're you acting that out. Mm-hmm. You know, monologues, you're acting it out. Yep. Yes. You know, so anything that really tells a story, I always made up stories mm-hmm. for my kids. Yeah. You know, and they had different sounds and right. different animals and yeah. everything. And you could take that same premise from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And put it into telling your own history. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's actually pretty deep. Yeah. 
And there's also, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can say through through even make-believe stories, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of, of lessons we learn. I mean, think about Aesop's fables, mm-hmm. right? So stories aren't just powerful when they're true stories. Um, they can be very meaningful and powerful when they're not necessarily factual or true stories. But think about how much more powerful it is when it is a true story. When it is a true story. You know, when you go to the movies and at the end or even at the beginning, it says based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, I didn't know that was a that was a true story, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's so. I mean, I don't want to pin one against the other because I have a lot of respect for fiction authors who mm-hmm. can tell a good story. Um, but man, there is such power when we share our stories and and we know they're true. Well, tell us something about you from back when you were younger. Oh, okay. And let's say let's go back to about the age of seven or eight. Okay. And what stands out to you? Well, in the line of storytelling, um, my dad is a wonderful storyteller. Mm-hmm. He is, he's an English teacher by, by trade. Okay. And he's got this same, the spoken word, the written word. Mm-hmm. He's good at it. And I don't know why, I don't know why, but whenever my dad and I were in the car together, and I think it was like when my older brothers were learning to drive. So he was, what for whatever reason, he was in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And my mom was doing the driving thing. Um, I would say, Dad, tell me a story. And he goes, okay, well, what story do you want to hear? And I don't know why. I always asked him to tell me the story of Noah and the ark. Okay. From the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's just something about that story and the way my dad told it. I mean, the the rise and fall of his voice and... I mean, I'm I'm four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm cuddled up right next to him. He's strong. He's much bigger than me. And just that the the depth of his voice and and how he put the drama into it, and he just made it come alive for me. Mm-hmm. And so I have always loved the story of Noah and the Ark, and I think that's probably why. Okay, because yeah, yeah, because when you think about it, a lot of the things that your parents instilled in you. Mm-hmm. They stick. Yeah. You know, and that that was a bond that you had with him. Yep. And now here it is. You're telling your own stories. Yeah. Do you have tips for people who really want to learn how to tell their story? Sure. Can yeah. Give us some tips. So when we talk about, um, you know, there's there's a couple different ways to look at our stories. Okay. We've got a big life story. Right. Mm-hmm. But that life story and there there is a big overarching life story. And you told that on, on the Your Story yes. podcast. Yes. But that whole big life story is also made up of tiny little stories. Right. So there's little stories that you can kind of pull out and think of an event or something that you remember. Um, maybe it was how you met your spouse or when um, a child was born or, uh, you know, an event at college or something. I don't know anything from, mm-hmm. you know, little events. Uh, those are stories you can tell. Okay. And you can also tell the overarching story. So you can think about it in those two ways. There's also like memoir writing helps. So you can find notebooks that on each page there's a different question for you to answer. I've seen those. Those are great, especially if like I'm a writer. So I love writing. I I rarely need any helps or prompts to write. Mm-hmm. It might not be good writing, but I can get something <laughs> out usually. Um but if you're not really a writer by nature and you don't know where to start, grab one of those notebooks and it'll be like, you know, what was your first job? What was the first car you ever bought? How did you meet your spouse? You know, those kinds of questions that you might not think to answer right off the top of your head. But those are things that your parents or your kids, your grandkids, they're going to want to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good. And 
do you do you suggest that maybe they get a book that will give them the questions, the guided questions, and maybe copy it for their kids or just kind of, you know, just put it out there? Because I can tell you, I wish that I had something like that mm-hmm. from my parents. Yeah, absolutely. I really do, because mm-hmm. it would be very nice to be able to think back on things that I know that I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to me, I don't know about how you feel about your parents' handwriting. I do. Yes, I have. I have something of both of my parents' handwriting. Mm-hmm. And every time I look at it, Mm-hmm. it brings something back because it's actually something that they touched as well. Exactly. Yes. 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 So I think if you're if you're looking to give if you're looking at it as a memoir to give your children to have a legacy that you can pass down something personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Grab one of those notebooks, write in it with your own hands. And I know, I mean, I can think of both of my parents' handwriting and they're completely different from yes. each other, right? <laughs> um, but there's such there's there's just some sort of like love that I have for the way they make their letters. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is when I look at my parents' handwriting, it's like everything was so fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, they wrote in a way that it was, you know, it it had flavor. That's yes. just the way I'm going to put it. It yep. really had flavor and mm-hmm. how they both wrote. But my father's handwriting was it was almost to the point to where he could have probably wrote for a Hallmark in a mm, card, you know. Wow. It was just beautiful. That's awesome. You know, it's just beautiful. And it's interesting because I I see myself uh, it depends on like what kind of writing I'm doing. If I'm teaching and I'm writing on a board, mm-hmm. I look exactly like my dad, right? And I can mm-hmm. picture him going up to the board and I'll I'll step back and I say, "Oh my goodness, I am my father's daughter." <laughs> But then I write in a note card mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, that S looks really like my mom's or like that word or whatever that letter is. That looks a lot like mom's handwriting. And so it's so interesting how I like I love both of them, but they're so very different. But somehow they've got I got both of them in me. <laughs> well, we know how you they got you got both of them. You yeah. Know? Well, I know how. That's but... that DNA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> DNA. That's a. Yeah. Yeah. That's a DNA. That's a DNA. You know, it. we get the best of both. Yep. We really do. And my love logical families, one of the things that the children in your home, your love logical children, it would be very nice for you to share your stories with them. Share a time that you were in a situation with a non-biological yeah. um, family member and they shared so much love with, you know, with mm-hmm. you when you go on trips or you go on, you know, different events with them, write something down as far as like a good memory mm-hmm. that you had while you were together. And then maybe at the end of the year, provide, you know, some stories prompted from those memories yeah absolutely i think that would be really cool yeah like i'm a person who has a notebook like notebooks upon notebooks of writing right because i'm a writer and and in the purse as well yes yes yes. (laughs) um but if you're not a person who likes to write Mm -hmm. you know keep a keep a little uh like not three ring binder that's too big like a key ring of three by five cards Mm -hmm. you know two or three sentences Today we went here, we saw so-and-so, and it was awesome because, or it was awful because, mm-hmm. right? And then that can be just a little flip card for you. It'll just jog a memory, and you can tell that story even if you don't feel like you're a you know prolific writer. 
And in today's world, all you have to do is turn your phone on mm-hmm. and dictate. And it's going to type it for you. But please check it because spell check (laughs) has a tendency to say some of the craziest things. Things that you wouldn't want to say. Excuse me. And (laughs) the funny thing is if um, spell check can get you in trouble sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. It definitely does. So spell check definitely is not a storyteller. No. (laughs) Spell check needs some help. It's a story maker. That's right. You're absolutely right. The story maker, whether that's a good story or a bad story, it's a story maker. Because yep. I've sent some things out and I'm like, ooh, yep. I didn't call you that. <laughs> I take it back. I did not yep. mean to call you back, yep. call you that. Yep. So, no, I, I truly, the whole concept of telling stories and history mm-hmm. is very important to me. Mm-hmm. When you think of a story that your parents may have shared with you, Regarding your history, how far back does it go for you? Hmm. So, like, my my personal history? hmm So, well, it kind of goes back even to when my mom was pregnant. Um, this, I, I want to preface this by saying I don't want to get political here. Just in re- recent events, it could get – I'm not going political. Okay. okay. But my mom was a little bit older when she had me. So mm-hmm. she was 41 when she was pregnant. So that would be a, like a – Yeah, nowadays that's considered high risk. High risk But pregnancy. I don't know why. But right. women are having babies at 60 now. <laughs> right. That is a very high risk, wasn't it? Um, so my mom, you know, she was a little bit older. She, he, she had um, gestational diabetes okay. with me. And there was a 3% chance that I was going to be born with Down syndrome. Okay. And so the doctor said, hey, we'd like you to take this amniocentesis test. That way you can know whether or not you want to keep this baby um, if it has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so I I knew, um, you know, when I was probably, you know, early teens, whenever you th- start talking to your mom about pregnancies right, and stuff right, like that. Right, right, um, right. I knew at a, a fairly young age in adolescence that I was loved before, well before I was born because my parents said, if she has Down syndrome, she has Down syndrome and we're going to keep her and we're going to love her and that's going to be okay with us. So they didn't bother taking the test mm-hmm. because there was only a 3% chance of it anyways. And whether or not I would have Down syndrome, I was still going to be born. And so, like I said, I don't want to get political. I'm just sharing my story. Right. But that has always been so powerful to me because I knew that even before I was born, I was loved by my brothers. I have three older brothers. Mm-hmm. I was loved by them and my parents, no matter how I would turn out. And, you know, you could argue that, it, you know, I'm, I may or may not be normal now, <laughs> but they still love me. And so... um does that kind of answer your question? It does. I was wondering that. And has your family ever, you ever hear the stories of like your ancestors and how they come? He came here to the United States and things yeah. like that. Yeah, a little bit. I don't have, I don't go, I don't have a lot of history super far back other than um, uh, Pennsylvania, uh Eastern Pennsylvania is full of gaymans. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is full of Germans, right? Very okay. a lot of German type towns. Okay, and there's um, the Gaiman Mennonite Church that I've been to and t- took a picture, right? Because okay. that's my name. So you you can flip through the phone book in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, and just there's there's 
Ton of Gaimans. Ton of Gaimans. And and that's G-E-H-M-A-N. Yep, G-E-H-M-A-N. Yeah. And so, you know, around here, I'm the only Gaiman in, in the Lapeer phone book, which <laughs> doesn't even – I'm dating myself by saying the word phone book. But <laughs> um, so I know that our, sis, our my ancestors on the Gaiman side are um, German. Mm-hmm. I do also know – I don't know much past my dad's dad. I know that his name was Ira. And he was a potato farmer, and that's okay. about it. Okay. But my grandpa Gaiman was a brethren preacher. And so I have this super rich heritage of faith in my background that I've come to love so deeply because um, it, it just – he was a grace brethren preacher, and he, he had – um, he married a person who whose brothers were all preachers, and they were influential in the Grace Brethren movement um, in the Midwest in Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. Grace College was co-founded by one of my uncles. Oh and, wow! Yeah, great uncles, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so, like that, that history is so very rich for me in the faith. And um, and then on my mom's side, she comes from a Mennonite background. She herself wasn't Mennonite, but she's got family that are in like Ontario where there's a lot mm-hmm. of Mennonites still mm-hmm. there, old order Mennonites. And so, um, so I've got, I've got some really cool faith history on both sides of my family. And I've always cherished, I've always cherished that ap- about, about my history. Have you put that in a story yet? So when you do have children, I need they'll to. have that story. Yeah. That's something I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Ancestry.com, guys. Mm -hmm. Ancestry.com is a great place to go and learn about um, yourself. Yeah. And to find out what's how you were created, Mm -hmm. where you came from. You know, I actually went on Ancestry.com and found out that my grandfather had a brother, which I never knew. Okay. Growing up, I never knew that. Interesting. Don't know where he is. Wasn't able to locate. I'm sure he's probably gone now, Mm -hmm. but it was just very interesting. But I also was able to trace my grandmother's family, the Bailey family, back to Edisto Island, um, Hmm. Edisto Island, South Carolina. All right. Which isn't too far from Charleston. Mm -hmm. And I actually took my daughter and we went and visited Edisto Island, found out that there is a rich history there of the Baileys getting along as far as the white and the black Baileys. Oh, cool. Um, the For those of you who get upset, this is my story. And I'm act- I embrace it mm-hmm. because had things not happened, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So the slave owner who owned my family also owned Indians. Mm. And he only liked slaves out of West Africa. Hmm. And we found that in a visit to the library. Hmm. And they pulled out the family history and the books and everything. Found out that at the emancipation of slavery, they would not allow the blacks to go into the general store to Hmm. get their medicines and things. And he was a pharmacist as well. Okay, interesting. So he built a replica of his home on the front lawn. And that was the pharmacy for black people to be able to go and get their meds. Interesting. So, and that, 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 that little building is still there on the front lawn. That's cool. And my daughter and I had the opportunity 
to eat dinner in a restaurant that used to be a business that was that was owned by him. And it was very interesting as to how everyone got along. Mm -hmm. And there is a street there by the name of Bailey Hill, where at the emancipation of slavery, he had given um, some of the slaves property. He gave them land Mm. and they built their their shacks and everything on that land. And they owned the land. And that Bailey Hill is still there. And unfortunately, some of the houses there still look like shacks. Mm. But they opened up the plantations every year in October, um, different ones each year where you can actually go and take a tour hmm. and learn the history. And I was proud to find that in the African-American History Museum in Washington, D.C., one of the cabins that was there um, when we went years ago is now inside of the African-American oh, wow. History Museum. So I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of people get upset when we talk about slavery, but I feel as if had my people not been strong enough to make it through, mm. I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of the fact that I am alive. Yeah. I was able to take my daughter back there, mm-hmm. find out that we do come from West Africa, mm-hmm. and just know that my people were strong. My yeah. grandfather met my grandmother. They came here. He bought land, you know, mm-hmm. and he took care of his family and brought her little sister mm-hmm. along as well. Wow. So they were very strong people. Yeah. So those are the, that was that story I was glad to experience with my daughter. Yeah. And that's something that has forever stayed with her since we made that trip. Mm-hmm. We were going to one of my love lo- we were going to my love logical daughter's high school graduation. Wow. And we made a side trip. That's awesome. Yes, and I plan on going back and doing that trip again with my son and my granddaughter mm-hmm. because just crossing over the bridge into Edisto Island, I burst out into tears because it was almost like I I felt like I was home. Mm. It was very, very strange feeling to have. Yeah. And I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Why am I crying? Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was, it was the experience itself. Mm-hmm. We really need to share our stories with our children. Absolutely. We need to share them with our nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. We need to share them with whoever is willing to listen to the stories. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. What else? When you have someone come to you and they say, okay, Emily, I'm ready to share my story. I'm ready to write my story. And they don't write. What is it that you ask them for to be able to really sit down and write the story for them? Well, it's usually an interview, probably, you know, half hour, hour long interview where I just the first question always I start with is what's your story? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of jumping into the deep end real fast. But when they answer, they always answer with what they're most passionate about. Right. Mm-hmm. What they talk about first is what they love, what, they, what they're passionate mm-hmm. about. So I love starting with that and just say, what's your story? And then hear what they love. And then we can kind of go from there. Um, And so I help them kind of walk. I have, you know, I have a set of questions Mm -hmm. that, you know, if if we're off track or uh, or we don't know where to go next. Well, okay, well, let's start off with, you know, where did you grow up? You know, and um, we know we talk about a audience, you know, who are you writing this for? Are you writing this for your kids? Are you writing this for publication? You know, that's going to flavor some of how they're going to how we're going to write together. Um, but yeah, usually it's it's an interview, and then if they want to write, 
I'll help them write. I'll, I'll send them questions to get them thinking. And then we can kind of do the back and forth of here's what I've written. Okay, let's edit this a little bit. Um, or if they're not into writing, I'll take it. I'll write their story. And depending on how long we want that story to be, will you know dictate how many of those little stories that I tell in the whole in the whole story. So does that That's awesome. answer yes. your question? Okay. Yes, yes. Now another thing that came to me as you were talking. Mm-hmm. So let's say when I decide to go out on the public speaking circuit, I'm putting that out there into the world. Just the universe. <laughs> when I go out on the public speaking circuit if I want to hone my my story that I'm going to share, that would be a time that I would come to you and you would help me hone my story. Yeah. So that when it's presented, it's presented in a in a format that's going to hold my audience's attention. Yep. As well as as entertain them. Yep. And not make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because I don't know if you're like me, but once I start crying, it's all gone. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's it. It's, yep. it's it. It's over. Yep. It's ugly and uh-huh. everything else, you know. Exactly. So. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Like, give me a tissue. I know. I know. Yeah, so the first thing we talk about is audience, right? Mm-hmm. So who are you sharing with? Is this a group of business people? You're going to use different language if it's a business people group mm-hmm. than if it's a church group or if it's your family, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to explain more things if it's a business group. If you're talking about your own history, you're not going to explain who you're talking about. If you're, ta- you know, if you're talking to your family, you're not going to have to make those explanations. Mm-hmm. So that kind of dictates, you know, who your audience is. Um, and then, and then your purpose, what's, what do you want your audience to get out of this story? Um, and so that, those are the two big questions that I would ask in trying to hone which stories you want to use, um, in, in your speaking. Um, and then also thinking about, you know, t- length, how much time you have, mm-hmm. and then what details are going to keep pushing your story forward. That's the biggest thing I see in in ramblers like me, right? I can write and write and write and write or talk and talk and talk and talk. Mm-hmm. And then I get to a point and I'm like, I don't even know where I was going with that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a problem. So get the train back on the tracks. Only include those details that push the story forward. So if there's a story that it, that you love, but it's not really serving a greater purpose in your talk or in your article or whatever, mm-hmm. then maybe that story doesn't deserve so much time, right? Okay. Um, a passing comment or, you know, stuff like that. So, or not, I shouldn't say story, whatever that detail is mm-hmm. in the greater story needs to serve a purpose. So. so those of you who are looking at going out on the public speaking circuit, as I am, to share your story, Emily would be the person who you would contact, and she could really help you to hone in um, on that story to make sure that the story is correct for your audience, yep. as well as um, she would help you with posture presentation and everything. Sure. Yep. So, okay, I think that's really interesting. I just learned this weekend that a lot of people are starting to have um, degenerative back and neck problems oh. um, because of the poor posture that we have based on our telephone usage. 
Oh, yeah. Like, cause yes, because like cause we're sitting there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Posture has really yeah. taken a downturn. I keep seeing those ads on Facebook for like the straps. That yeah, you can pull, your, pull <laughs> yeah. yourself back. That's probably why. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I used to walk and with a perfect posture. And yeah. I know now I do slump more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to stop doing that because I'll be walking around looking like a four foot 11 hunchback <laughs> right. of Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't want that to no, happen. No, so I know we have, you know, about 15 minutes here. So I want you to share now how they can get a hold of you. And then we're going to share it again okay. later. Awesome. So you can find me at emilygaiman.com. Got to spell that Gaiman because yep. they're not going to spell it that way. I know way. it. E- <laughs> nope. You won't. I know. E-M-I-L-Y is my first name. And then Gaiman, G-E-H-M-A-N. So think about layman, like Kevin Layman or whatever. Um, G-E-H-M-A-N. Emilygaiman.com. So E M I L Y Y G E H M A N dot com. Yep. Okay. And that will give a little bit of the history and everything that you can provide for them. Yep. That's uh you'll find my story there a little bit. I need to update my website probably sooner rather than later, but you can connect with me there. Um there's a connect button that goes right into my email. Mm-hmm. Um and see some of the articles that I've written. I've kept a blog there. Um there's links to social media pages. You know, I'm on Twitter at Emily Gaiman, Instagram at Emily Gaiman. <laughs> um and then on iTunes you can find the podcast. It's just your stories with yes. Emily Gaiman. Um, And I think I've got about seven episodes up there. i got to put the rest up there soon. So that's where I'm at. I'll I'll post my episode. Yeah. So that way people can come and listen to it. Okay. You know, I truly enjoyed sharing my story. And I have shared my story often since then. Good. And I'm ready to really go out and share my entire story. That's awesome. Which is like a a movie of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably do about six different segments. I bet you could. Six two-hour shows. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like how you think. (laughs) Emily, what if there is someone out here and they're looking to write their story, Mm -hmm. but they're not comfortable writing a book? Yeah. Would that be something that you help with as well? Absolutely. Are you a ghostwriter? Yes, I have ghostwritten before. Ah. It's quite the process, but it's a good process. Did you guys hear that? Emily's a ghostwriter, too. Yep, yep, I can definitely help you with that. Um, like I said, it is a process, so it's, it mm-hmm. is a long... I mean, people, authors talk about writing a book um, as if they're having a baby, right? Mm-hmm. And so just know that you're in for a long haul, but it's doable and it's definitely worth it. Do you try to keep the book in the... In the person's voice, their own voice? Like, say, do you have them write so you can understand what their voice would be? Yes, I have them write. And if they have any, like, recorded things that they've spoken, Mm -hmm. I really want to hear what their voice sounds like. So that would, even if it's not like, that, you don't have to be a public speaker, Mm -hmm. but um, I would need to meet or talk on the phone, you know, to to know what your voice sounds like when you're just speaking. Because you use different words when you're speaking than when you're writing. Than when you're writing, yes. I love to write, so I understand. Yeah, yeah. And I do too. Mm -hmm. So so I want to hear kind of that, the 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 inflections of your voice, what words keep coming up, because we all have our favorite words to say. Yes. And so I'd love to hear that. And so I often ask myself when I'm ghostwriting, is this something that I would write because I'm me? Or is this something that I could hear them saying? And so that's that's the real key in ghostwriting. But it's doable and it's worth it. You know, it's it takes 
a special person to be able to do that, to write a book for someone else. Mm-hmm. I actually go through and I edit different documents and things for people. Yeah. I'll edit emails written out of anger to remove oh. the anger out of it. Yes. Um, I've, I've done that for a few of my friends who are entrepreneurs. Yes. Because it helps them to, it, it takes that personal out of it. Yes. And make it into a, just a perfect business email. Everybody needs an editor. You know, and I love doing it. Yeah, I really do. I bet. I, I do really too. enjoy doing Editing it. Editing is really fun. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's, and plus, you know, they, you have to have, the person that edits for you is someone you have to trust. Absolutely. Because you're letting them in to your business yes. and personal world. Yes. So you have to be able to trust them. But I just, I just find myself wondering, you know, how hard it is to maintain someone's voice in an entire book. Because mm-hmm. for me to maintain the voice just in a few pages sometimes yeah. or just in one email, mm-hmm. I find it easy. Yeah. But I can't even imagine throughout an entire book. Yeah. It's like that, um, the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? One bite one at a bite time. One bite at a time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How do you eat anything one bite <laughs> That's at a right. time? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, I want to know, what is your favorite character voice? When you're, let's say if you're making up a story mm-hmm. and you're making up a story for a niece or nephew that is, let's say, three to five years old, what's your favorite character voice in your head? So like that I would use to tell the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, I'm putting you on the spot. That's a good question. Nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that before. Huh. Ah. Well, I like to talk like this sometimes. <laughs> it really depends. It really depends on the character. You know, if they're if they're quiet, if they're just like a little nervous little guy right there, they're going to talk like this. But if they're bold and brash, then I'm just going to talk like this because that's what I know not to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> We're going to give her an applause for that one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you made me think of Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. And, um, and whoa, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great movie. So Emily's also available for voiceover. <laughs> for voiceover work. <laughs> Not a lot of experience, but. <laughs> mine, um, mine when Janelle was little was Blue from um, Mogli. Mogli. Oh, The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. Ba 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 boo. Uh-huh. That was it was blue. And then yep. she had the you know, the little that she went to Janelle Land and she would get there and she was so beautiful <laughs> and everything was so bright and it was so green and she'd be like, Tell me more Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. My favorite Disney movie is still is um Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And they've got so many different characters on there and Clucky the Chicken is just the She's just hilarious. She's like, oh, 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 you got me. I'm dead. Oh, you got me. Right. And like, <laughs> and so all the characters and then Robin Hood does this impersonation of another character and he's talking to the sheriff and he goes, close your sleepy little eyeballs. Rock-a-bye, sheriff. <laughs> See? And people don't realize that those are the stories that the kids remember. That's right, yep. When you're telling your story to your kids, you just give them something that is a little bit different. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. Big Bird. Yep. (laughs) I was the Count. 
I was Elmo and everyone else, you know, during the time today, I was um, super califragilisticexpialidocious. And then she was like, what is my granddaughter's like, what is that? (laughs) I said, even though it sounds the same, it's something quite atrocious. And she was like, okay, grandma, you've lost it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started sharing with her about watching Mary Poppins yeah, and, yeah. you know, watching the different movies and things like that. And she was like, really? And Aww. it made me think about the fact that I was coming here tonight mm. and I was coming with a storyteller. Yeah. I want to challenge my love logical parents, those of foster adoption, you know, those, you know, blended families, When you sit down this week and you're in a quiet space and you're trying to just kind of put your thoughts together, because we all we all have days like that. You know, women, we have days like that. I want you to think of the first time that you saw your child. Mm. The, The first day, you know, the day that they came into your home, be it through foster care you picked them up from the hospital for adoption. Mm-hmm. You know, that first memory, mm-hmm. you know, the first time that their dad brought them to meet you. Mm-hmm. And the first or the first time you remember that you knew, excuse me, that you knew in your heart that you were going to be mom mm-hmm. to them. For Women's History Month, create history for your children. For those non-biologicals that that beat within your heart, Mm. you know, create that story, write it down for them so that one day they will know exactly how you felt on that very first day that you saw them and that you met them and the very first day that you fell in love with them. Mm -hmm. I think that would be great to start history. Yes. Right there in your home. And think of some of those those moments, you know, the first time that you heard mom mm. and you didn't expect it. The first time that you heard, can you come here? I need you. Mm. You know, write those memories down mm-hmm. because those are memories that children would love to hear. Yeah. Tell them. Start telling your story by telling them their story. Yes. Yeah. Yes, their story and how they started mm-hmm. a story for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that so is just so, so cool. Mm-hmm. So that would be something that I challenge you to do. You know, just this week, look at your child. And like I said, and, and biological moms, I'm talking to you too, but, you know, love logical children have a tendency to need to know when the love started, mm-hmm. how you felt when you saw them, yeah. you know, how you felt the first time they hugged you, how you felt the first time you got that kiss. Mm-hmm. Because with our with our biological kids, we, we've had that mm-hmm. and we share with them usually a little more. They don't ask as much. But, you know, moms, you can write a story about your kids, you know, tell them something about like the first day they went to kindergarten mm-hmm. and how it made you feel. You know, mine, what I think about is the first time my daughter went to a dance, Mm -hmm. her first high school dance, and how beautiful she was. Mm -hmm. 
and how I found myself going to Hamtramck the way my mother used to do when when I was growing up, getting her the perfect gown. Mm -hmm. I got her a makeup artist. She had her hair done, her nails done. People say, you're going all out like she's going to prom or something. And I said, doesn't matter. I want her to know how she is supposed to look and how she is supposed to act every time she steps out in a gown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's things like that that makes a difference. Absolutely. You can say I love you every day, every day. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they need to hear the story behind the I love you. Mm-hmm. To know, you know, my mom, um, she really, she had three boys. Mm-hmm. She really wanted a baby girl. And uh, she didn't know if she was going to get a baby girl. Mm-hmm. And they tried for several years and just wasn't there. And so she said, and she's told me this story so many times. She said, I laid in night. I laid in bed one night and I, I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm getting too old to have a baby. So if it's going to happen, it's got to be this month. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, there I was. About eight months in, she was convinced it was going to be a boy. <laughs> and she was going to, she decided she was going to have to be okay with that. <laughs> and then I came out a girl and there was much rejoicing in the land. <laughs> but I know I had been prayed for. Yes. And that's, that's so powerful. So it powerful. Is. It really is. And just even thinking about my own mentors, you know, the first time that they told me they were proud of me, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't have a, a foster mom or an adoptive mom or, or any like that, but I, I have mentors. Yes. And I'll remember, I, I mean, the first time they hugged me and said, I'm so proud of you for this, right? Mm-hmm. Those are so powerful. Yeah. Your mentors are your love logical family mm-hmm. because yep. they're an extension. Yep. They're that extension of your heart. Yes. So definitely. Yeah. I have truly enjoyed having you here Thank tonight. you so much. It's been so much fun. Such I an have, honor. I have truly enjoyed having you here. Thank you. And I'm, I'm really praying that everyone had the opportunity to truly understand that March is Women's History Month. We're going to make it, you know, Women's Story Month. Share a story with your family. Yeah. About you, a happy story, a joyous story, something from your heart and your non-biologicals, you know, your love logical children, mm-hmm. foster, adopted, blended. Please share the story of the first day that you met them and the first day that you fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That will I can't imagine. And I know when I get home um, tonight, I'm going to call my love logical sister, mm-hmm. Taronda. And Taronda lived with us as, you know, as a, as a foster child mm-hmm. within our home. Mm-hmm. And she was loved logically fostered by my mother because mm-hmm. we loved, we loved the children. And, and Morris, I don't know if you're listening tonight because Morris lived in our home with us too. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to share with her. We talk about my mother and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how we would lay in bed and talk with each other mm-hmm. and at night when we were growing up. But. I'm going to share some things with her tonight because I know that she needs to hear them. And we're just about out of time. So the one thing that I would also like to share with you guys is um, this is a Love Logical event that's coming up. And, Emily, you hadn't heard about this Mm -hmm. yet. We're doing Hereford Dance Barbershop Talks. All right. There's about 50 boys residing in the Methodist Children's Home Society in Redford, Michigan. It's the only all-boys home here within the area. So all the boys from Detroit and everywhere actually go to this home. It looks like a little village that you would see on television. It's really Mm -hmm. nice. But we have 50 boys there that are in need of haircuts. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm looking for barbers, and I'm also looking for people to come in to help with with breakfast and lunch Mm -hmm. for the day, as well as some some giveaways um, for the boys. They're ages 6 to 18. So we're going to have about 10 to 12 barbers there. But, you know, they're they're, they're boys, young men. We want to make sure they have enough to eat, too. And it's going to be myself who's hosting this Love Logical. You know, I started Hair for Dents back in September. I have Bees Vanity, who's been on board with Mm -hmm. Hair for Dents since September. Cool. Mm Salon. We have Two Times Focus, who is a a male mentorship program here within the metropolitan area. Jerry and Sean have been friends for 30 years, and they've started their business together, and they are doing an awesome job. That's great. I have Mike the Barber, Mike Johnson, who is actually um, in barber school. Nice. He helps with Love Logical. He's faithful to Love Logical, Hair for Dance, and he's going to be coming in. Um, he's one of our sponsors. And I have J-Mo Shabazz. Um, who is a community activist and motivational speaker. So these cool. are the group that's coming together to help make this barbershop talks happen. So please reach out to me at info at lovelogical.com. And that's info at lovelogical.com if you can volunteer and assist in any way, because this is a very large event to have this many boys mm-hmm. and feed them and everything yeah. else and boys because eat. yeah oh believe me they eat <laughs> boys eat. yes yep. so it's harder to transport them sure. so we're actually going to them and we're going to hold mentoring sessions throughout the day we're going to have some workshops That's awesome. we're going to talk about self-love. We're going to talk about respect we're going to talk about leadership mm-hmm. we're going to talk about um sexual um, awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. I'm going to step out the room. We're mainly going to have a male panel because so many of these young men don't have Mm. a male role model. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for barbers and people from all ethnic backgrounds because the boys are from all ethnic backgrounds. And I want them to be able to see themselves. I really do. That's awesome. So it's going to be on March the 17th, St. Patty's Day from 9 until 2. And again, that's info at lovelogical.com to get in touch with me. Emily, please repeat your information again so that they'll know how to get in touch with you. Sure. Yep. Because if you need a ghostwriter, you need a coach to help you um, get yourself prepared for public speaking. You need someone to help you write your story. Or if, honestly, if you just want someone to help you write your story so that you can create a book to give to your children. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, totally that would be, it. yeah, for Christmas or something. That yeah. would be an awesome gift. Yes, it would. That'd be yes. awesome. So let's give them your information. Yep. So you can find me at emilygaiman.com, E-M-I-L-Y-G-E-H-M-A-N.com. And then the Your Stories podcast is on iTunes. It's also on solidstateradio.net. Okay. Yes. So that's where you can find me uh, in the audio world. But yeah, connect with me at my website, emilygaiman.com, E-M-I-L-Y-G-E-H-M-A-N.com. Okay. And this is Michelle L. Anderson with Love Logical DNA Not Required, thanking you for joining us. And, you know, when it comes to Love Logical, as you know, DNA Not Required. Have a good evening, everyone.